0: Yes, here we are, it's another great episode of Brass Monkeys, episode 6. So, hello, welcome, Uh, we are still churning out this drivel every week to 10 days and if you're still listening to it then you are let's say certified but welcome to you uh, my name is uh, brass monkey one for the first part of this program and over there in the corner is
1: brass monkey 2 still brass monkey 2 the original and best or second best in my case
0: don't do yourself down monkey 2 there's really no need this is a place where we come together as one. We are a single entity because, let's remember, we're all in this together.
1: Oh, aren't we just? Yes. Don't you just love that phrase we keep hearing?
0: Uh, quick look at what's coming up on today's episode of Brass Monkey. been listening to Brass Monkeys for the last few weeks. Um, well, about seven or eight weeks now we've been doing this, a couple of months. Uh, you'll know that there is a, a sort of loose format to the programme. We always start with a look at what's happening in the crazy world that is the UK government. Updates on what uh, we need to know and what we don't need to know and things that we know that we don't need to know. And, well, you know what I mean. Also, we're going to be having a look at the uh, new names for Monkey 1 and Monkey 2. Uh, we had a little bit of uh, editorial Uh, Feedback from uh, some of you loyal listeners saying that basically we should be a little bit more original than calling us Monkey One and Monkey Two. Find out what we've come up with a little bit later on. Do our usual check in across the Atlantic to see what's happening in the world of Trumpton, otherwise known as the Great US of A, or at least it was once upon a time. And nostalgia, that favourite bit of the show for me personally, where we look at some classic toys from our childhood when Monkey One and Monkey Two were just little wee primates and a look at uh, some of the programmes that were on TV at the time as well. A little bit of an interesting one for us this week, which um, is all about dystopian futures. Uh, Stick around, you'll find out what that's all about, and a little catch-up on things that we're keeping under the radar, shall we say, uh, that are bubbling away that we might be covering in future episodes of Brass Monkeys. But right now, let's get into the heart of the matter with this week's Government News. (laughs) Uh, once more for Monkey One it's been a week of incredulity.
1: I think that probably sums it up. To be honest I've I pay so little attention these days for sort of the sake of my sanity of nothing else that I rely on you every week telling me what's going on in the world and then I can sit and say well that's still the same as it was before it's still got awful but that's not to say I don't really keep an eye on the news but I I just keep away from it as far as I can there is quite an apposite time at the minute for me to be paying attention is that the schools are going back this week aren't they
0: they certainly are yes to mask or not to mask that is the question
1: Yes, indeed it is, and we've got a 12-year-old monkey here who is um, due to go back. He's not looking forward to it one little bit. He's got quite used to the working from home, and to be fair to him, he did knuckle down and work very well, and the school were very good at providing him with lots of stuff to do at the end of the uh, the broadband cable. And the school have sent out uh, an email to say... Um, Yes, the current guidance, current guidance today the (laughs) guidance is. Yes, yes, we all know where that's going. This week or or for the next half hour the government are telling us that this is the policy until they completely u-turn and then uh, go back on their word and tell us that this is now the policy, which you know is everything we've been saying over the last few weeks, they just don't know. Uh, The policy at the moment, they don't have to wear masks, there will be adequate separation in the school, Uh, the classes are being kept together in corridors within their own bubble so there'll be minimal movement and the teachers will be the ones doing the moving around the school for a change
0: you know this is the interesting thing because I've done a, a little bit of an unofficial monkey poll of uh, of other monkey families that I know around here and just sort of got a general feel for what's going on out there and the fact is there are there are children of all ages at the moment who are concerned confused and anxious and the the reason I think for this are Above all else is the fact that they see their own parents confused, anxious. And they think, if my parent can't give me a sense of comfort and security, then who can? And that's the reality. That's what this government have managed to create. A complete and utter lack of confidence in any of the decisions that they seem to be making. Which, as you said, for half an hour at a time... Uh, they, that's about as long as you get before they change their mind. Crazy world. But only what we've come to expect from the government of Boris Johnson. Uh, remind me again, Monkey 2, what's his proper name?
1: Alexander DeFethel something 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 Johnson. It's, it's far more than just man of the people Boris. Absolute rubbish. It's Alexander de uh, I'll look it up in a minute and I'll, I'll come back to you with the full um, enormity of his, his name. Can we just call him Ass for short? Uh Bellend. Bend. Well, they call him Blowjob, don't they? BJ, Boris Johnson. Yeah. And if he's going to insist on being called Boris, then I'm afraid you're going to get called things like BJ, because he is basically the result of one, a load of wasted sperm.
0: <laughs> don't mix your words, will you, monkey two? Cummings is Boris's right-hand man, and Boris won't get rid of Cummings, because... He needs him. But I put it to you that the world is actually opposite. Black is white. Up is down. Cummings is not Boris's right-hand man. The master of the plan is none other than the wretched Michael
1: Gove. Oh, pub. Do you remember Pob on um, Channel 4 Children's TV? It was the one oh. that little hand puppet. He used to come and sort of spit on the screen and then wipe it away. Pob. Oh. Look, it, look it up. Uh, he reminds me very much. I'm going to look him up now just so that I can describe him to you. Yes, yeah, so he used to spit on the screen or breathe on it and then write his name in the... Um, oh, in the condensation. In the condensation. He does look not so, dissimilar to uh, Michael it? Gove. Look up Pob's programme on, on Google or your uh, web browser of choice, your search engine, and tell me that doesn't look like Michael Gove because I'm telling you now I think I'd probably rather have Pob in charge. (laughs) Now there's
0: a thought. Here's the thing though I just I I just want to take you back in time a little bit and, and I want you to understand where my thinking is coming from about Cummings and Gove okay. Now when Gove was education secretary Cummings worked for Gove and Cummings and Gove came up with all of the uh quite radical ideas that Gove had for expanding free schools. Remember those? Mm. Which have continued to grow. But there's some decidedly odd aspects of Michael Gove's tenure as the education secretary. But I want to take you back to another important stage, which is when Boris Johnson originally was campaigning for Brexit and to become prime minister, Michael Gove was effectively Johnson's running mate, for want of a better expression. But the idea is he was the right hand man to Boris Johnson. Michael Gove chucked Boris Johnson under a bus, the bus, which actually there's a little bit if of a joke there. If only he had. If there's a bit of a yeah. joke there with, with his obsession with uh, route master buses. Gove demonstrated Not- what a snide, two-faced knife wielding individually is when he literally stabbed Boris Johnson in the back.
1: Well, they're all as bad as each other. Don't forget, Boris Johnson has more than just route master history with buses. Another big red bus that he was quite fond of, which had a big slogan down the side. Now, uh, what yes. did that say? I can't quite remember. It was
0: something about helping the NHS out, wasn't it?
1: That's right, yes. I think it was a lie, wasn't it? It was I- a load of crap. I have just been to see Her Majesty the Queen. All this and more. We can do
0: now and only now at this extraordinary UK assets orbiting in space with all the long term forgotten people and the left behind town.
1: It's perfectly true that I have had some drugs.
0: Well, it it seems like good practice, really, doesn't it? He was preparing for this moment in time, this illustrious moment in time where he stands up as supposedly the prime minister of the United Kingdom. But actually, no, he's actually prime minister of England Mm -hmm. um, and lies. But yep. not only that, he's actually managed to get the whole of his cabinet, it seems, to lie. which is, Oh yeah, handpicked.
1: picked hand picked for the job, though, aren't it's they? It's
0: very yeah. impressive, though, isn't it? I mean, as, as a leader, he's, he's right up there because he's got his minions following him.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, we've mentioned before, He keeps coming up that his days may be numbered. Six months, I've heard tell of. What's the thinking behind that?
0: Um, I think it was last week, it was Dominic Cummings' father-in-law. Dominic Cummings' wife is a journalist who writes for the spectator stick with this this is this is where it all gets very very interesting she wrote a, a fantastic um a novel actually about uh, what happened when they all got coronavirus i don't know if you remember that but it was something to do with a trip to barnard castle uh but enough of that one but her father so dominic cummings father-in-law went on record boris johnson not necessarily in the finest of health, and will probably quit in six months' time. Where does that story come from, do we think?
1: I wonder. And
0: it makes me think. Michael Gove stabbed Boris Johnson in the back once before. Dominic Cummings worked for Michael Gove when he was Education Secretary. I put my money on that Gove is the black master, with Cummings as his rat catcher, for want of a better... (laughs) better expression, I can't think of anything else. And I think Michael Gove is positioning and manoeuvring to become prime minister. I think we will go through a very tough winter in this country in terms of dealing with the ongoing pandemic. Whether or not we get a second wave or whatever else, the fact is the economy has been tanked. We are gonna need some really, really clever thinking to get ourselves out of the current state we're in. We need some fresh eyes. We need some fresh thinking. I don't think Gove is that person, but I know one thing. Johnson definitely isn't, and Johnson is going to take the rap for this. And I'm going to get myself down to the betting shop, I think, in the next week and put a bet on that Boris Johnson will be usurped, will be sacked. Whatever we we think is going to happen, how it will happen, we don't know. But I'm going to put my money on Michael Gove, rightly or wrongly, and God help us if it's true, but I think he will be our next Prime Minister within the next eight months.
1: Well, they do say, don't they, that uh, Cummings is the kingmaker and I think he and uh, Gove, as you've rightly pointed out, they have this quite unholy alliance and uh, there's every reason to suggest that that will be the case. I think that's a fairly safe bet, to be honest. Um, Lord knows I'd like to see the whole lot of them swept away and somebody new put in, preferably not a Conservative, but, uh, well, if it's a Conservative, certainly not the the right wing fascistic sort that we seem to have been saddled with of late. Uh we do need new thinking and Lord knows I mean if either Johnson or Gopher's in charge we're screwed either way, because not one of them's got a clever idea between them. I mean, it's bluster and bullshit. And we're all just going to be taken along for the ride and we're all going to suffer and it's not going to be pretty. And I don't think Johnson's going to be the one at the controls. He's going to have to step aside and he'll be the one blamed, as you you say. And you've only got to look across the Atlantic to see the same thing quite possibly is going to happen. I mean, Trump's going to be the one blamed for the inevitable collapse that there is going to be. I mean, America's in dire straits at the minute. They're suffering terribly uh, still you know with deaths and uh, infections from coronavirus the economy's tanking he's he's in charge of it but of course it's not his fault is it it won't be his fault oh, and when not, he no. no
0: I didn't say that at all I don't think you understood what was said
1: and when he um, when he is quite possibly uh, voted out of power uh, in November uh, it will be very interesting to see whether or not he actually does step aside because I can see and a number of people have said the same, there are quite a few indicators that he won't accept the result because mm. he won't accept the fact that he has lost something because he never loses. He's the most winningest president ever, isn't he? And I, I will be the greatest president for many, 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 many years to come. Our lot are probably looking very carefully across the Atlantic to uh, get the methods to see how they might handle this, and God help us if that's true, because I—that's just a a car crash of humongous proportions.
0: This is Brass Monkeys. Before we go any further, um. Brass Monkey 2, do you want to just remind everybody how to get in touch with us here at Brass Monkey HQ?
1: Well, at the moment, we are available on most platforms. Uh, If you look for us online, type in Brass Monkeys, B-R-A-S-S-M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z if you're of an American persuasion. Uh, We are available on most of the podcast apps. We're on the YouTube most of the time. Uh, Do a search for us. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter, definitely, the at Brass Monkeys. And if we can be bothered to get off our fat monkey backsides, then we might even think about doing a website at some point. But uh, we've got to try and put our heads together and work out just which buttons we need to press to make that happen. But don't hold your breath, but watch this space. We'll be popping up on a website at some point of our own, we hope.
0: Now, you might remember that the other week we were talking about the fact that some people were um, complaining about the fact that we've not been very original with our monikers. Monkey 1 and Monkey 2, let's be frank, is not really the most creative we could have been. So I did say we were going to um, come up with some ideas for uh, what we could call ourselves. And the reality is, it's not actually that easy to do, is it, Monkey 2? Because it's about finding something that you think represents your personality. Yes, well,
1: it helps if you have a personality, and I don't really have one of those, so I'm already at a disadvantage.
0: So you're doing it again, aren't you? Selling yourself short. You don't need to do so. Get in
1: there before anyone else gets an opportunity, I was always thinking.
0: You're a fine monkey. Now, I, on the other hand... Now, I'm going to test your, your knowledge. If I said to you, Ah, uh, uh, punk, I know what you're thinking. Did I fire six shots or only five?
1: Oh, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, one of my favourite films.
0: Indeed, a great, great actor. And if I said to you, any which way but loose...
1: Ha, 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 Clyde.
0: This week, Matthew, Clyde, I'm going to be
1: Clyde, the orangutan. Oh, well... Well, hello, Clyde. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? How's the driving going? Are you doing any right turn signals at all? <laughs> right turn, Clyde. Wallop.
0: So, no problem. how about Clyde. you then? What have you come up with then, Monkey 2? Go on, hit me with your originality.
1: I can't think of anything at the minute, but now you've come up with the Clyde name. That's uh, giving me pause for thought, if you'll pardon the pun. And oh, I, like I will have a think and come up with something monkey-related so that I have a proper name for next time. How, d- how does that sound? That'll do. That'll
0: do. <laughs> This is Brass Monkeys. Welcome to our latest episode of random ramblings from the depths of our brains. Well, they're called brains. I'm not sure there's actually anything of of quality in there, but that's another story. But it's that time of the episode when we need to look at the world across the pond, otherwise known as the United States of America, and find out what the POTUS has been up to. The one and only, legendary, number one, the most important man on the planet, apparently, scarily... It's Trump. I own a big chunk of the Bank of America building in 1290 Avenue of the Americas that I got from China in a war. Oh, no. This week, the big thing has been the, uh, the conventions. We had the uh, Democrat uh, convention. We are now, or this week, we've been exposed to the Republican one, which has basically meant Donald Trump and his assorted family members coming out and... Telling us just how wonderful he really is. I just sold an apartment for $15 million to somebody from China. And actually, it's a really scary place. You know, you said earlier on in the episode about what's happening in the States. And actually, Trump is presiding over, I think, one of the most dangerous periods in the history of the United States because he is polarizing the population. You are fake news. So Yeah, this week it's been the Republican convention, which has basically been a bit surreal to watch because of course there's no, um, there's no audience there as there would normally be, you know, no adoring crowd for Trump, which must be quite frustrating for him. This Mm. is the man who is obsessed with his own personality, his own ego, his own sense of self-importance, the man who operates as president running the country as if it's his own bloody business.
1: Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. His own personal fiefdom. Yeah. He's, yeah he's, no.
0: And he's turning Americans against each other. And as I yep. said, we think- Divide back-
1: and rule. As I say, we think back to the
0: 60s and 70s when America was, was bogged down in Vietnam, but yet there was still the American dream was going on at home. And now, now it is like, The L.A. riots of the 90s, I think, are going to I think and I really hope I'm wrong, but I think looking forward, I think they are going to look like a walk in the park because Mm -hmm. it's going to take an awful lot for the states to get back to where they used to be. In fact, even if they can, we are in a similar situation in this country.
1: You're either a, a for or against, aren't you? There's there's no middle ground. We've said this so many times, and that's what we're trying to do here. Obviously, we despise the, the far ends of the margin. We're very sort of centre ground, us two. Because you can now select what news you want to hear, you can go and only listen to the people you want to listen to. You can follow the people you want to follow on Twitter. So you only ever hear one side of the story. There's no opposing view for you to consider. And if you do hear an opposing view... And most people would just turn it off. I don't agree with that. That's fake news. And where have we heard that before? No,
0: I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. There's
1: no centre ground. We are, and again, this is a phrase that I've used in the past, and it's a very good one. Somebody in a completely different field has used the phrase the excluded middle. And I think you and I, and I would suggest that the majority of the people who may be listening to us, will be the ones in the middle there they're the ones who are not being catered for we're not at the extremes we're not extreme right wing we're not extreme left wing we're the people in the middle wondering just what the fuck is going on and it used to be and hopefully perhaps in the future will be that there there was a an appreciable center ground politically historically it was the liberals you know the liberal democrats but ever since they perhaps mistakenly hitched their wagon to that of the Tory party back in the coalition days, they've been tainted and they've got a long way to come back from to try and recover from that. But God knows I hope they do because we need something in the middle to balance the two extremes at either side. It's exactly the same in America, or it's particularly so in America, where you have the two-party state. There is no centre ground in America. You're either Republican or you're Democrat. And to go back to something you said earlier on about the 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 opposing sides it's quite telling that back in the days of john kennedy he was despised by a lot of republicans but equally when he was assassinated they all mourned him they all felt deeply deeply uh bereft when he died because He was such a strong figure and they respected the office that he inhabited. Even if they hated the man, they respected the office. But now, because it's been so personified, because the whole presidential thing has become a personality contest you now despise the office as well as the man. And I can't tell you how much I despise Donald Trump, and he's not even my president.
0: I'm sorry. I've been very nice to you, although I could probably maybe not be based on the way you have treated me, but I wouldn't
1: do that. God knows what they must be going through over in the States to try and think, what can we do to make things better? And you've got to hope that somebody like Joe Biden can come along and just sweep him away but there's still going to be this huge vacuum there. There's going to be 50% of the country who are going to feel they're not being represented anymore and so it will go on. There's there's no willingness to listen to the other side, I think is what I'm trying to say. There needs to be some centre ground and there needs to be some listening rather than just talking over the top of each other. (laughs) Yes, search us on the interwebs. Just put in brass monkeys, B R A S S M O N K E E Z or Z, depending on your choosing, and we will pop up. We're on all the uh, podcast apps, we're on YouTube, and we're particularly on Twitter, which is where we try and interact with people. And there may be a website coming at some point.
0: Interestingly, Twitter. There was a thing last week, wasn't there, about um, was it um, Happy Twitter Day or something, where you're meant to be really positive. <laughs> not, and not, yeah. not tweet like a twat I
1: think somebody should have told the incumbent of the White House that fact because I don't think for one moment he would have abided by that would he?
0: So you might remember a few weeks ago on this uh, strand that we do about nostalgia, uh, we did touch on the legend that was Night Rider um, as a programme uh, but I wanted to go back to toys actually and I just wanted to link up a few things because this week I wanted to look at the Matsushiro Night Rider radio controlled car
1: Oh, cool.
0: All the way back to 1982, OK? I mean, this is, this is a proper remote control car. I don't know how much it would have been at the time. I, yet again, it's another of those toys that I never had. You realise this strand is actually about... It's about Monkey One, Clyde, as I am this week. It's a, Basically, it's about all the things I ever wanted to have but didn't have, isn't it, really?
1: <laughs> but it, it would appear to be increasingly the case, yeah. But but why not? It's our podcast. You can do what you want.
0: It, exactly. So bugger you in the nicest possible
1: way. <laughs> we don't mean that, please. No. We're, we're not coming round, honestly. We're not.
0: <laughs> so anyway, this was a proper remote-controlled car. But it was of the age... Do you remember early remote-controlled uh, cars... Whatever they were, they had like a thin, spindly wire for the aerial. Yeah, and yeah. Had a little telescopic aerial on the actual um, remote control itself. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's what this was like. I mean, this is 1982. We're talking about brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, complete with some lights at the front, which I don't think were LEDs at the time. So you know, you know, in the program, when uh, when Kit's driving along, and he's got his sweeping red lights on the on the front of his bonnet.
1: Yep, yeah, I remember. Right,
0: so this model had those sweeping red lights as well, but bearing in mind 1982, probably not LED, there would probably be little incandescent bulbs. So can you imagine how long the batteries would have lasted?
1: (laughs) Not very, not Not very. Well, the interesting thing as well, uh, this is to go back to a subject of a couple of weeks ago, the frequency that they operated on, those radio control cars, was 27 megahertz, which put it oh. slap bang in the middle of UKCB. And I used to be able to, I, I no word of a lie, I used to be able to sit there with my big setup at home uh, when the kid from over the road was playing with his big radio control Tamiya thing. If I tuned into the right channel and pressed the transmit button, the thing would go into reverse and just go round and round in circles and it would just never cease to amuse me, that. I was... Uh, well, kept team. me going all day. Marketing, marketing. Yes, absolutely. But you would have We're done the out. same, get half a chance. I know you would have done.
0: That. But what a lovely, lovely joy that the fact that, you know, they had the, the, the toy and they had the car. I mean, I mean, a brilliant example of early marketing, wasn't it? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Buy into it. Buy into the dream. Sure and of course, we can't talk about Knight Rider toy series or not without just once more paying our respects to the ultimate legend that is the Hoff. <laughs> Do not hassle the Hoff. Did you ever hear the song you released, which was called Jump In My Car?
1: Oh, God, yes. I think the, the least said about that, the better, probably. <laughs> Again, Brass Monkey listeners, if
0: you haven't heard the Hoff singing Jump In My Car, you, know, you need to go and find it. Again,
1: we'll try and find a link for you. But... we well, put a link up yeah
0: in the in the current climate that we live in that song is so inappropriate it's really don't
1: ridiculous. jump in my car if, if that was a thing today they'd probably be having to do what Kentucky Fried Chicken have done which is to get oh, rid of the think. finger licking yeah, bit yeah, yeah. The, the finger licking bit just for now don't do that so yeah. for now don't jump in my car and to be perfectly honest ladies it's probably a good thing going forward as well never get in a car with the Hoff you never know what <laughs> might happen and that's not casting any illusions on, on David Hasselhoff I'm sure he's a perfect gentleman in fact I know that the man is quite funny and doesn't take himself very seriously at all he's a thoroughly nice bloke i believe fact, but didn't, um, didn't he end yeah. the
0: cold war as well
1: he did he, he sat there and sang at uh, the end of the Cold War didn't he in Berlin 19, was it 1989 or 1990 I can't remember how soon it was after the uh, the wall came tumbling down as it were he did a concert for the people of uh, Berlin because he's incredibly and unfeasibly popular in Germany for some reason sold all his records there practically nobody in America bought his records and I don't think very many people here did but the Germans and particularly perhaps the East Germans starved of anything <laughs> probably thought oh this is good we'll have some of this and uh, yes i think he single-handedly brought the wall down if you believe what he says
0: probably the first breakout pc uh, not even a pc really was it but it was the spectrum and that was the third generation so we we started off uh point me out if i'm wrong on this monkey too but didn't we start off with the zx80 that
1: was the zx80 and i think it was a homemade kit you had to put it together
0: oh you actually had to make it yourself
1: I think so, yes. I think the ZX-80 was that basic that it was a kit. Okay.
0: Um, And then that was superseded by the ZX-81, wasn't it?
1: That's right, yes. Also, I think that might have been pre-built, but you could possibly have got a kit for that as well. We'll have to look. We'll have a a check.
0: I'm thinking this is around about 1981, 1982 as a rough... Uh
1: uh yes I think there's the 80 and ZX80 um was indicative of the year in which it was released. That would make um, sense. And li- likewise the 81. Um let's have a look. Z oh hello. How somehow or other, I've just typed an omega symbol. How the hell did I do that? ZX80. Let's have a look. Sorry, just talk amongst yourselves yeah, so, so the ZX80 uh, and I think that was white. I remember Yes, it, it, it was.
0: I remember seeing it advertised on the back of a magazine that my um my primate mum and dad used to get, which was called Now magazine, and it was advertised on the back. And I think it was something like eighty nine, ninety five, or something like that. Which um, nowadays isn't a great deal of money, but in nineteen eighty, it would have been quite. That expensive. was
1: a lot of money. Yeah,
0: um, but I remember it being advertised, and I remember seeing it, the picture of it in white. And then I remember the ZX eighty one coming along, and then the big breakout for Sinclair was the Spectrum, and that had proper buttons, it like spongy rubber keyboard buttons rather than the, um, the, the, the ZX8 and ZX81 just had a smooth, um, uh, non-tactile uh, keyboard. So, you know, if you go, for instance, if you go to the supermarket and, you know, you touch the buttons on the, uh, on the self-checkout, like that, there's no, no feedback, no tactile feedback from it. It was just like smooth. Uh, But the Spectrum was amazing because it had these spongy rubber buttons.
1: Uh, Was the ZX81, which was released again, 1981. And that had as standard, I'm just trying, again, 1K of memory, but that was expandable up to 64. God knows what you were going to do with all that. You wouldn't have known you were born, I'm sure.
0: And and Swap Shop, of course, was a a big thing on on Saturday morning TV, uh, on the BBC. But it wasn't the only programme out there for the youngsters of the United Kingdom, because
1: over on the other side... (laughs) The other side. There was only one other side Then That's it. There was the other side. There was the ITV.
0: There lurked a programme known by the anarchic name Tiswas.
1: Hooray, today is Saturday, wake up and smile, I think it stood for, or was oh. it uh, today's Saturday, what a Saturday, uh, depending on who you talk to, I, I just called it "Tizwaz.
0: I would, I would hazard my bets, Monk2, that you were a Tiswas watcher rather than a Swap Shop watcher.
1: Uh, On the whole, yes, the anarchic nature of it really appealed to me. Throwing stuff at people and just basically running around causing chaos was something I was quite good at doing myself. So, you know, you just gravitate towards those that you see doing what you're used to. But that being said, I did like Swap Shop because I liked seeing what it was that people were trying to get shot of uh, on the swaps where they'd phone in and speak to Noel Edmonds on his trim phone.
0: Noel Edmonds, uh, who anchored it, we had... Um, Keith Chakowin and Maggie Philbin we had John Craven doing yep. uh, little newsy bits uh, the grown up bits who else who else used to was a regular Was that that was the team wasn't it
1: that was pretty much it yeah and then on Tiz yeah. was
0: of course we had Sally James uh, it was anchored by Chris Tarrant no less uh, Lenny Henry used to be on there and, Bob Carroll G's uh, Bob Carroll G's as well so some really really fine talent on a Saturday morning to keep you entertained and Saturday mornings were brilliant weren 't they? I mean, it was just like you could you could immerse yourself in this world, whichever world it was, um, but just while we stick on kids TVs um, and this this whole world of um, competition between BBC and iTV the other one of course that was the classic was blue peter and
1: magpie yes again that was the uh, itv and the bbc going head to head with one another and trying to grab the nation's youth and uh, entertain them at this time of a weekday afternoon and i i think they used to be fairly good because i think they interspersed with one another either in the time of day they were shown or the day of the week so you could actually watch both
0: they were never they were never head to head were they as far
1: no i certainly watched both and Mm. um it was quite nice actually yeah, I mean, Blue Peter was far more sort of worthy and uh, very sort of grown up. It was more the grammar school to the secondary modern of ITV's Magpie, made by Thames Television. I'll just get that name in there. I have a proud, proud history with Thames TV. And uh, yes, it was always right into Teddington Lock, wasn't it? If you had something to send them. And uh, yeah, and a very evocative, very evocative address to kids of our age, Teddington Lock.
0: I'm just thinking that the, the, the one thing, though, that sums up Magpie is... Oh,
1: <laughs> yes. Well, that was uh, Mr. Dinage, wasn't it? Wasn't that something else? Yeah,
0: and he's still going. If you live in the south of England, uh, if you put on your ITV uh, regional program news programme, you will find the legend Dynage is still doing his thing. This is Browse Monkeys. So, um, my G monkey too... What three words? What would you say?
1: Ah, well, given it's a family show, um, no, I do know what you're talking about here. It's quite a clever but possibly slightly challenging uh, effort to help us identify where we are in the world for emergency services purposes, I believe.
0: So I started seeing adverts that are running on um, TV here in the UK um, which basically show a a, a guy, an actor I presume, who's basically uh, recalling the time that he got lost whatever he was doing and the fact that uh, he was able to text these three words and, and the idea is that they've triangulated the whole, is it the whole cut the globe?
1: I believe the whole world yeah, has, the idea, has idea ha- is,
0: the idea is the whole world has been triangulated so that three words allow them to pinprick where you are, the three words are based
1: on um, coordinates uh, Yeah, down to a metre I believe it's metre.
0: now mm. it sounds fantastic the fact that you never be lost again but i i don't know if i'm being a bit cynical here but by the same token doesn't that mean that you can never actually be off grid
1: well you have to tell them the three words don't you the people that want to know where you are if if you want to be utterly paranoid about it your phone is permanently telling anybody who wants to know where you are because it's talking to various cell phone towers, and all three of them can be, you know, as long as it's connected to three, they can use it to triangulate you, as you said earlier. They can find you quite quickly. You've also got a GPS receiver and transmitter in there. You're also connected via various other things. We're quite happily walking around with a thing that's squawking our location at the best of times anyway, so The the three words just makes it easier for you in in an emergency situation if you need to, to tell someone where you are. But if you know what you're doing with a mobile phone these days, a smartphone, you can go into one of the map applications and it will tell you exactly where you are and it will give you coordinates you can read off. It just makes it quicker and I think that's probably the clever part of it. So you don't think it's um, part of our
0: dystopian future where we're all effectively accounted for as sheeples?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes, it is, but... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah, I think uh, being joking about I think it is actually quite a clever idea but yes I mean you could see it as as being yet another part of our liberty being taken away from us if they know that we can identify where we are they can obviously identify where we are and they can then sort of track us across grid squares but I don't think it makes it any easier for them it just makes it easier for us to be able to tell somebody where we are. People know where you are at the best of times. Having three words assigned to the particular square metre where you are at any given time isn't going to make it any more dystopian, I wouldn't have thought.
0: You've you've sort of put my mind at rest there, Monkey 2, because I, I, I did download it, and I thought, oh, it's really good. And then after I downloaded it, I was sort of sat there thinking, this is just yet another little, little erosion, you know, another, another little thing, because with so many of the apps that we have on our phones and stuff now, you know, you have to allow that app to access so many different areas of your phone. And we all gladly and happily do it because we want the convenience, we want the features that the app offers us. Hmm. But do we ever really stop just to question how much we are bit by bit, drip by drip, brick by brick, giving more of ourselves unto others?
1: Well, as I say, the government have spent fortunes over the years, various governments have spent fortunes in order to track us, to follow what we're doing, to see if we're about to subvert them, to overthrow government, to try and foment revolution. And then all of a sudden, someone invents the internet and the mobile phone, and we're doing the job for them. We've saved them a fortune. All they've got to do is have a end in at the mobile phone networks or your, your home broadband provider. And they can just find you whenever they want. It's made the job far easier and we've done it for them. I think that the difference with what Three Words is, is it's taking the information that your phone already has about where you are and presenting it in a format that's easy for you to communicate. It's using information that you've already got on your phone. It's just interpreting it in a more usable and bite-sized fashion.
0: Very well put. Uh, you're listening to Brass Monkeys. Uh, welcome to you if you're a new listener, particularly our listeners in Cheltenham. Hello! Send us a postcard. You're listening to Brass I am Clyde and that's Brass Monkey 2 over there because he couldn't come up with another name for himself but uh, keep listening next week he's going to come up with something I'm sure Um, whether it'll be broadcastable or not we'll have to wait and see Yep. anyway look you know what we've waffled enough haven't we this week Um, it's been interesting I think we've covered quite a diverse range of topics Uh, hopefully we've entertained you got you thinking we would love to hear from you as always do get in touch and let us know what you think Details, as always, on how to do that are appearing before your very eyes. And the lucid voice of Brass Monkey 2 will share the details with you now.
1: Yes, have a look for us online. We are Brass Monkeys, B-R-A-S-S-M-O-N-K-E-E-Z or Z, depending on your flavour. We are everywhere, basically. Just have a look for us. Eventually, we'll pop up like a bad penny.
0: That's it then Brass Monkey 2, this is Clyde signing out and I'll see you next time on the other side.
1: And I will hopefully have another alter ego by that point when I've used my monkey brain to come up with another monkey name.